I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. On January 30th, the Brownsville Chamber of Commerce presented Texas Talks, a luncheon with Comptroller Glenn Hagar. The president and CEO of the Brownsville Chamber of Commerce, Esmeralda Villarreal, introduced Comptroller Hagar. As the CEO of the world's eighth largest economy, Hagar is charged with maintaining the state's fiscal health. Having served in both the Texas House and Senate, Hagar has gained a reputation of customer service, transparency in government, and conservative fiscal management. Glenn Hagar is Texas' chief financial officer, the state's treasurer, check writer, tax collector, procurement officer, and revenue estimator. A job that is particularly important as the state continues its strong economic growth and its ongoing global economic and political instability. His commitment to responsible fiscal management is highlighted recently in his efforts to address the issues such as pension reform, property tax relief, and managing federal pandemic relief and infrastructure dollars. His leadership at the newly created Broadband Development Office supports his efforts to bridge the digital divide in Texas and highlights his support for infrastructure investment. He is he continue and has fought to protect the state's economy and ensure Texas hard-earned dollars are invested responsibly as part of his job as head of the Treasury Safekeeping Trust Company, which manages Texas Rainy Fund and other endowment funds. Hegger is a 1993 graduate of Texas A&M University and a graduate of St. Mary's University, where he earned a Master of Arts and his law degree. At the University of Arkansas, he earned his Master's of Law. Hegger is a sixth-generation Texan who grew up farming in, grew up farming land that has been in, fa- in his family since the mid-1800s. When not in Austin or traveling the state, Glenn lives in Katy with his wife, Dara, and his now teenage, that was capitalized in bold, children, Claire, Julia, and Jonah. And he asked for your prayers as all the three kids are now driving. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Comptroller Glenn Heather to the stage. Here's some highlights from Comptroller Glenn Hagar's remarks the state that we call home, whether it's here in Brownsville, Katy, West of Houston, where I call home, Austin, where I spend most of my time, or wherever I'm traveling, I'll be in Texarkana at the end of the week, El Paso on Saturday, regardless of which corner of the state of Texas or somewhere in between, Texas, the state that we call home, is literally the eighth largest economy in the entire world. And the reason we have gone from being the 12th to the 8th is because people like yourself that make Texas what it is. I have people ask me all the time, because I make a point in almost every speech, that tomorrow when you wake up on Wednesday morning, think about the fact that tomorrow morning, somewhere in this great state of 254 counties, somewhere there will be another 1,200 to 1,300 people that call Texas home tomorrow that didn't call Texas home today. Or think about on Thursday, there's another 12 to 1300, and Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday. So I challenge people every morning when you wake up for the next week, and then roughly you have almost an entire new city 
that's somewhere across Texas. Half of that has natural growth. Texas is a more youthful population than most of the rest of the nation. It's hard to imagine 10% of all the children in the entire United States call where home? Texas. We are a more youthful demographic, which is helpful to Texas as we are moving through and growing in population over the years and businesses that want to relocate or develop somewhere here in the state of Texas because they have that workforce. As long as we meet those challenges and the education that is needing to meet that workforce over the coming years. But Texas as a state continues to grow and we are blessed. I will flash back real quick to that time when so many businesses were unfortunately shut down. Schools were shut down because we were in that time of COVID. I, at that time, was the cafeteria at my kids' school. And where was that? At my house. Because they were at home like so many other children. I had my earbuds in. I was listening to a conference call with the other 49 treasurers across the nation. At one point, my number two sent me a message. And that short message, she sent me a text that says, I am not saying a word. That's all she said. But I knew what she meant by that. And what I knew is because at that time, so many people were concerned. What was the direction of the economy? Where was the Texas economy going? And the challenge for us in my office as we monitor the economy of this great state and try to tell the legislature where we think it's going, where is the state budget going in the next quarter, in the next year, the next two years, the challenge is not just the state of Texas economy, not just the U.S. economy, but literally what's happening across the entire world. You know better than most people in the state of Texas or across the nation that Texas as a state is very intertwined to the global economy. Texas exports more product and value than any other state in the entire nation. We export over 20% of the entire value out of this entire country comes out of what state? Texas. Our number one trading partner is who? Mexico. Trade is back and forth. I've done several tours over the years on various issues, whether it's workforce development, supply chain issues, manufacturing, international trade, energy, water. Energy was the topic of last year. But international trade, I talk about what it contributes to the GDP of the state of Texas and what it contributes to the people. And so my point being is the challenges that we have in trying to interpret where this economy is going is much more complex. Why? Because we're very intertwined to the global economy. But that is a strength for Texas is my point. And so when she wrote me, I am not saying a word, I knew what she really meant is, you know what, the panic and the concern and the voices of the other treasurers that we are listening to today because literally they didn't know how they were going to cash flow. Could you imagine, and many of you did in businesses, not know how you're going to cash flow? And what I could tell people is the foundation to the House of Texas is strong. We have more businesses relocating to Texas, as you see in Brownsville, more businesses expanding new opportunities, the exciting opportunities. But with that, as the mayor and I were talking earlier, it brings challenges. But as we were talking earlier, whether it's here in Brownsville or somewhere across the state, those challenges, my point, are a lot better than the challenges of having your economy go in the opposite direction.
So as we look forward, whether it's the state economy growing, Texas leading the nation in economic growth year after year after year as we have, as we look forward to, say, next legislative session when the legislature comes back in, and we were preparing for last session, I was trying to figure out how do I frame into reference to the legislature that, oh, by the way, the legislative session you're coming into because the state economy vastly outgrew what we expected. On a normal year, now this is the part where I worry. I look around the room, I identify every exit in a room before I speak. And if you wonder, well, why is that, Glenn? Well, it's not because of my first constitutional duty of running the state treasury. It's not because of my second constitutional duty of monitoring the state economy and telling the legislature how much money we think is going to come in the treasury. The one that worries me the most is the one that's called state tax collector. Now, you go, why does he worry about that? Because my grandfather, my mom's side, was a Baptist preacher. I remember sitting and listening to his sermons many times over the years when I was growing up. And every once in a while, he gave a sermon about how the tax collector got stoned. So Glenn Hager always worries when I tell you, hey, by the way, I'm also your state tax collector. But in doing that, in doing our job, we work with businesses. My, my staff and office knows that we are about customer service because we have to work with you because the reason Texas has grown from number 12 to number 8 is why? Not because of the state of Texas government. Not because of Glenn Hager or some other elected official. You know why? Because of the businesses that are making it happen. The diversity in that business set that is making it happen. But as we are looking to where this state is going, we know that it's going to continue to grow. And the things that worry me and concern me the most are how do we, one of the issues we talked about earlier, is housing. Affordable housing for our businesses and the people that live here and manage here, workforce development, electricity, all of these things are challenges. But my point being is this. The challenges that we have here are better than the challenges elsewhere. And on a normal year, the reason I brought up the tax collection is the state of Texas, we grow 5% a year. One of the things that we did not anticipate is two years ago, the most we've ever grown in a single year is 13% in collections from one year compared to the prior year. That's a healthy year. We've had roughly four times in the last two decades, where we've grown 10% from one year to the next. And in fiscal year 22, two years ago, we had another 10%. But that year, we grew, we grew 26%. So the point is, it was literally off the charts. It was something that was not anticipated as the economy grew in Texas, as the federal government put significant amounts of money into the state of Texas, whether it was individuals, whether it was businesses, local government, or state government. An infusion of $350 billion into the Texas economy, whether it was record 40 high-year inflation. But the point being is, as we came into January, I was trying to figure out, how do I tell the people of the legislature that, oh, by the way, the amount of money that you have to spend Hmm. It's unprecedented. The amount of money that you have potentially to spend is historical. Actually, the phrase that I decided to come up with, and I was thinking back before session, what do I say? Historical doesn't do it. Unprecedented doesn't do it. What is a phrase that can get their attention? 
that what you're about to have this legislative session will not repeat itself. And I was thinking back to a time when in Katy, west of Houston, y'all all know Houston, Hurricane Harvey was a devastating flood as it moved into Port A, as it moved back into Houston, moved back out, went to East Texas. So much of the Texas coast was devastated. Behind our house, we have a pipeline easement in a creek, and it was a roaring river. My kids were looking out the window, and they were trying to figure out what does this mean, and I said, what you were watching is a once-in-a-lifetime event. Then fast forward a few years, we had a thing called COVID. My kids were trying to make sense. What does this mean? Why are we at school? Why are businesses closed? Why can we not go anywhere? We're told we can't go anywhere. What is going on? I said, what you're living through literally is historical. It hasn't happened in 100 years. It's a once-in-a-lifetime event. Then fast forward a little bit of time, we had that winter storm Uri. We lost electricity like so many people. My kids asked me, said, Dad, you're taken to a friend's house. They have a, they have a gas generator. We don't have a generator. Why don't we have a generator? My son asked me a little before being 13. And I said, son, you know, this, that reason. And I said, by the way, Jonah, another reason is this, what we're living through, is a once-in-a-lifetime event. As soon as I said that, he had this look in his eye. And he looked at me, and he said, Dad, how many once in a lifetime events do I have to live through? And I realized then I need to stop saying that phrase, but I also realized we do live through a lot of once in a lifetime events in the last 10 years. And so as we entered the legislative session, when they were going to have a record 30 plus billion dollars above what was to balance the budget, how else can you say, but it was historical, unprecedented, and what? A once in a lifetime event. So take those dollars, and my point to you is whether it's here in Brownsville, whether it's across the state, put money into infrastructure, whether it's transportation, put money into our electric system, put money into our water system, making things the basic necessities that you as individuals and businesses need. And so as we're entering into potentially next session, people ask me, where is the Texas economy growing? I used to tell the legislature I was worried that we, as a nation, not necessarily Texas, was going to have a recession. We've taken that out of our forecast for Texas, but we've continued to say very modest growth. But even with that, my point being is, next legislative session, the legislature, while they won't have the same once in a lifetime, the state of Texas is in a healthy position. A question-and-answer session followed Comptroller Glenn Hagar's remarks that is also posted in the Rio Grande Guardian. I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service.